You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's, you know what I'm saying, it is Spartacus, the after show filling in for Sir Richard. My name is Ronnie Jr. And today we're going to break down tonight's episode and you're going to get all the latest news and gossip. And if you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can easily do so. Buzz us at 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, Spartacus. It is After Buzz TV, Spartacus, the after show. <gasps> welcome. That's the of the crowd. That's right. <laughs> welcome, welcome to I, Spartacus. Yes, welcome back to the arena, everybody, where we will discuss this episode, Spartacus, Vengeance, Episode 5, Libertas. Libertas. I am Sean Overman. And we have Spicy Mighty with you guys today, bringing you all the latest juice and gossip on Spartacus. That's right, that's so, right. as usual, we always start off with the juicy relationship, so let's just dive right into it, because this by far has been one of the best Spartacus episodes this season, and I know all of you at home will agree. Woo! That's right. And so, here we go with the relationships. Varinius and Albinius. So the possible-to-be son, maybe? New son-in-law with the father of Alithia? What's going on there, Spicy? There's some conspiring going on, and we already know that anything that is related to Alithia is just doomed. (laughs) Anything that she can get her hands on is going to be doomed. So, of course, trying to get Varinius to marry her, and now she has her father because of Lucretia having slept with him, being able to coerce him into allowing this marriage to take place. If it can't get any juicier, only on Spartacus. This is really crazy stuff, man. And here we see that Varinius is openly in Albinius's favor now. Of course, after the whole Lucretia sleeping with Albinius thing, and it's freaking crazy. So, so they're open. They've they, already they've already come out in the public. They're already letting like the father has his okay on it. Everybody already knows. And she she's out with it now. Yeah, and Alithia even okay, practically okay's an abortion with her father, saying she's going to sever ties. And and that is crazy because Lucretia brought it to our attention. Well, what about the baby? Because I think back then it was illegal, one, to divorce. And two, to have somebody else's child while you're married to somebody else, that has to, that can't be legal. No, like- <laughs> it, can't, it, it probably looks really bad, especially for a senator, someone who's high up in power. Oh, my gosh. But for Lucretia to allude to, well, you know, you're not going to be able to keep the baby. And for Alithia to say, that's fine. I understand. You know, yeah, gotta do what you gotta do. She's cold-hearted, completely okay with ending the life of her fetus. Right, just so that she can marry Varinius. Yeah. I mean, who does that? She only cares about power just as much as Lucretia did before. So you don't really think that it's about love with Varinius? I think she likes him, but I think she cares more about status, power, and wealth. Which would be why when she had an opportunity to throw it in Glaber's face that they're no longer in love, she would take that, Yeah, she would take her vengeance out on him. Yeah, she easily did that later on, which... Uh, which we can talk about right now. So that's pretty crazy. So she, so Glaber and her, uh, she openly cares for Varinius now this episode. They're exchanging eye contact. They're pretty much being public with it and flirting in front of everyone about their relationship. But we see Lucretia kind of plotting behind the scenes to kind of destroy this relationship, it seems like. That's right. She She's acting like she cares, obviously, for Alithia, and Alithia's falling for it again. Do you, do you really think Alithia's falling for it? I think she is. I think that Alithia is pretending to believe, just like Lucretia's pretending to be having amnesia and be on her side as well oh my gosh so we have this crazy ass yeah, chess game for each other we got we got bluffs we got poker faces on so <laughs> this is just insane insanity so so we see that in the beginning and then it goes into um Gannicus and himself in the arena with Crixus and Raskus and Onimaeus. That's right. And, and this is the moment you've been waiting for back in the arena. Yes, and this is 
a prediction that I had from last time. Gannicus was going to fight the rebels, aka our friends, our protagonists, the people that we like. And uh, of course, you, you can't kill him. Who's the expendable expendable one there? Raskus. Right. We already knew that he was going to be the one to go down. And what's interesting is he's been there since the beginning of the show, the very first episode. He was always there at Crixus's right hand. Yeah. And now. He's going down. Obviously. But even though he's at Crixus' right hand, he's really not considered like a, a best friend to Crixus because I don't feel like he was. He's a character that we see, but he's not a main character in the sense of they didn't give us too much of him and his background, so we didn't really get attached and develop a relationship with him along you know the seasons that have been in the past. No, of course not, because he's he's only there because he's, he's expendable. A, he's expendable yeah. and he's a gall, and it's. It's like that old saying, you know, where, what's expendable mean? Oh, it's when someone, uh, you know, throws a party and they, they don't invite you and they don't really care if you come or not. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that saying, but yeah. I'm going to take it personally now yeah. <laughs> if I don't get an invitation to a party. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is actually a quote from Rambo, but let's get back to Spartacus. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is kind of like Rambo when the gladiators are in the arena. I mean, they get pretty brutal. It is. They, they do crazy MMA stuff, which we'll talk about later on. Yes, that is great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, these fighting scenes. I'm so excited. Um, what about Agron versus Spartacus. Okay, so obviously, even though Agron is now Spartacus's new right-hand man, they're still clashing butting heads, and it's because Agron's got a different point of view. You know, Spartacus right. wants to take care of everybody. He wants to make sure that no He's rebel... He's his leadership role, yeah, as he, he should. Exactly. He wants to make sure that no slave is left behind, everybody's taken care of, no brother is left to die. Exactly. So, then we have Agron, who's thinking about the greater good. Oh, episode reference from uh, two episodes ago. <laughs> he wants to move to Vesuvia and that's where they end up going at first. So they go over there, and that's where we introduce a new character. Right. We get to meet this guy named Lucius, who's a Roman, and he is now despised by the Romans. He's kind of like an outsider. Yeah. And he joins in with them, and he says he says some pretty funny stuff that we're going to talk now, about later. He didn't, have a, he didn't have too much of a pivotal role in this episode. It was just very brief, but I think it was because he was kind of the messenger that was supposed to deliver the information to Spartacus and Agron that the gladiators still live. So that that way they would have purpose to go to the arena. That's right. Those are good. Actually, well written in by uh, Stephen S. DeKnight and his team. Yes. Kudos. Two thumbs up for him. <laughs> so we talked about... Um, talked about, Oh, okay. So now let's move on to... Uh, still with Agron. Him and Tiberius, a.k.a. we found out his name is Lazier. He... Openly. Oh, so you want to talk about him We're gonna and their relationship. About- this was very spicy. I thought that your prediction, once again, you've been like perfect scoring on your predictions lately um that they had a relationship going on you saw something that was intimate that they shared between them the past few episodes and i didn't think that they were going to have this intimate moment that they had but obviously they really are fond of one another i thought it was one-sided and it was just tiberius it was very overt so then we I mean, see, when you lean in to kiss yeah. somebody that's that's pretty obvious that's right <laughs> So he leaned in, he gave him a very affectionate kiss for, for the, the love that they share between them. Now it's, it's out in the open. Everybody knows, all the rebels know now, and obviously everybody's okay with it. I think that one thing that's great about Spartacus, too, is that they always have a, they always introduce relationships to us and kind of, like, let it linger for a second. Are they going to hook up? Are they not going to hook up? And then finally, bam, they hit us with it. And I like how they do that because, you know, it is a TV show. They tease us. You know, they got to, they draw it out a little bit because that's how things happen in in real life, at least, where you actually, you know, things don't happen right away. Bam, bam, bam. That's true. You don't just fall in love overnight. Yeah, this isn't a, this isn't a movie. This isn't a two hour thing. This is, we get an hour every week for like 13 weeks. So but it we, feels like a movie, does it not? It does. The way they shoot it, you know, the, the storyline, everything's great. So. And it's extremely intense because they jam-pack us with a lot of yeah. just action, love, romance, death. I mean, there is everything in this show. And I always say it feel, it, it definitely feels like a movie because it's so intense. That's right. Kudos to stars for that. <laughs> so Big ups on stars. Big ups on stars. And we were talking about Gannicus a little bit earlier, but it shows a scene with him and this whore in the whorehouse. Ah, right? uh, yes. That was the spicy scene of the night. Very spicy. And you enjoyed it, I think. I did because it was... It was, it was, I, I hate to call her a whore, but that's what she was. She was getting paid <laughs> to have sex with Gannikin. And I thought it was funny how he's, he's, he's pile driving her, right? And, uh, he's, he's, it looks like he's about to climax and overcomes the, the overseer and he's like looking at him like, I need more coin. He drops it that in his hand. That was so funny. <laughs> While like, he's in he mid to pay to like finish the job? Is that what that was? I, th- I think it's just like paying by the minute or by the hour. Wow. Yeah. So you got to just get it in. <laughs> Why are you 
you can. That's right. That is hilarious. But what what I thought was what was while it was going on in the show, which is a horrible thought once again to think, is that dang, if you are getting paid to have sex. At least you're getting paid to have sex with the god of the arena. I mean, you're having sex with the gladiator, Ganagus. What are you talking about? That is not... I just, I, you know, I just that think is I'm not, naughty for thinking that. That is but not like, a naughty thought. That is very human emotion, and you should be feeling it. They were very beautiful. Two beautiful people getting it on. And exactly. she probably gets, like, you know, big, gruesome, like, crazy-looking guys all the time. And this time she got... You know, Gannicus. So I was very happy for that moment. It was very hot, very sensual. But we were introduced to the sword in the scene that had a lot of relevance. And you thought that the sword was going to um, be something that she tried to take from him to possibly hurt him. Yeah, I thought she was actually when I when I saw the sword and she was staring at it, I actually was thinking to myself, "What is she? Why is she eyeing it like that?" I thought she was going to take it and maybe stab him, and maybe somebody like maybe not Asher, but maybe somebody had hired her to do a hit on him while they're making love, while right. he's vulnerable, naked without his weapon, or right. maybe he does have a weapon that's really <laughs> nice and hard. <laughs> Do we have a sound effect for that one? I don't think so. (laughs) That's a naughty sound effect if there is one. But uh, so yeah, he definitely has. He definitely has that sword, and he tells her the importance of it. It represents uh, and symbolizes his freedom. That's right. And his his freedom from the house of Badiatis. Mm-hmm. From being a slave, pretty right. much. And he always has to have it on him. Otherwise, he loses that thing. He is not considered a free man anymore. He's still a slave. He's got that B mark on his forearm still. Right. So if he does, so if he were to lose the sword, he is no longer free anymore? Like, is, is that his, like, his green card? Like, is that his documentation? I think it's like a credential. Or is it mentally? I would say, well, it's probably both. It's probably mentally. It's it's not going to remind him anymore of his past transgressions, his past deeds that he did, like, with, with Melita, Melita, um, Anamaeus' wife, which were brought That's up again. Perfect, yes. The spicy we flashbacks. We have to talk about him and Melita because that was a relationship that when we see him in the arena with Anamaeus, really was the turning point for Animaeus. He just wanted to see, did you sleep with my wife? And um, Ganagus didn't even have to say yes or no. By his slow response, he already knew that he had pretty much um, not... Not uh, betrayed. Yeah, well, betrayed him. He he pretty much betrayed him. Betrayed the brotherhood. But but Ganagus was forced to sleep with her, though. It wasn't out of his own desire or his lust for her, although he did wind up falling in love with her. That's right. And it was because, I think it was because of Casutius, that one one slot, like, gross-looking Roman guy, right? The one who is, as we consider, the douchebag of the Romans. So he told him, he was like, this was back in Gods of the Arena, oh, you... Go ahead and F her. And as a slave, you're forced to. So I do feel like Animaeus should forgive um, uh, Ganagus for having done that. But at the same time, when you keep a lie or you keep a secret, that's when it becomes betrayal. And at the same time, you know, he didn't. He didn't know all the exact reasons. All he knows is, you know, you slept with my wife, pretty much. Right. You betrayed our brotherhood bond. He doesn't know that they were forced to do it. Of course, Canicus is not going to explain that because it doesn't matter. It's like, the end result was, you slept with my wife, And she wound up dying based on a cup that he was, that was, the poison was meant for somebody else. It was meant for the old Batiatis. Right. And so, so this entire time, Gannicus has known about her actual death and how she died, and that it was because they were in the chambers together, and he's been holding on to this secret. So then we start to see this crazy, intense fight where they go at it. That's right. And, whoo, this was the best arena fight. I'm so glad yeah, we're back in the arena. Yeah, I was the entire time I was watching Ooh, it. It was amazing. Well choreographed. And again, this is where Spartacus, uh, Liam McIntyre, we've talked about before, this is where he shines in all the battle sequences right and he goes in there kind of funny though how he was dressed as a roman you know i again i kind of predicted that right i was you like did, they're gonna said, go in there you, that was and that was a great idea that was a great prediction you've been yeah. on the money gosh where are my predictions at they're gonna go <laughs> in there and they did they went in there to go ahead and save their friends because that's the only way they would have gotten out of there yeah so they dressed up as romans you know we we you know we see him and agron in there and we get to see behind the scenes kind of what happened with him and with Ganicus talking about yeah i don't really you know i will at least give them an honorable death because they are my brothers you know so they talked about that stuff and we also mentioned uh earlier how uh agron and spartacus looked pretty goofy in those roman outfits did they not well, they just it didn't make sense they looked dirty they looked like gladiators they didn't even know how to how to how to rock the wardrobe that's right <laughs> so it was obvious you're not used to this ensemble but uh, i like the point that you made about spartacus uh kind of questioning um, Gannicus's brotherhood before he went out into the arena to fight. 
and how he noticed, you know, that there was the bee on his arm. And he was like, are you really going to, you know, betray some the, the your brothers that you used to fight with? Right. And so and I thought that was a pivotal moment because it kind of made, I think, him conscious before he went out to the arena. And that's why he was so open to speaking with Omnimaeus before Animaeus struck him, because he was already he already went into the arena vulnerable, which I think as a gladiator, you have to stay on your A game because you can be easily defeated if you start to get emotional out there. Of course. And it's it's a good thing that he was holding back because obviously would be we would be short and on Emmaus if, yes. he, if he did continue to fight really hard. If he would have allowed, if he would have allowed, see, we'll never know if he really was going to kill him. No, no, we won't. But I, I doubt he would have killed him. But because he was his brother, he was his teacher. But he said, "I'm going to, t- I'm going to allow you to meet your wife, and that means I'm about to kill you." And actually, Doctore, aka Anemius, he did feel like that when he was stepping into the arena. He said, "I would, we, I am going to be meeting my wife, and I'll find all the answers I need in the afterlife." Gosh, that is such a sad story. But I'm so happy that he didn't pass. I'm happy that basically what you had predicted came true—that Spartacus led the gladiators to help. Because Crixus also would have been defeated as well. We almost saw him die at the hand of the other, uh, what was that? A Just random, random gladiator in the arena. Yeah. And so, but it, it looked like he was, it was, he was very close to being gone. He was. He got chopped up pretty bad. He got stabbed like right in the torso near his abs, near his uh, kidneys. And that looked pretty gruesome. I thought he was going to be down for the count with that one. And we see Lucretia kind of being emotional in the moment, but then she was also happy. Like, I saw, like, a smirk, a smile on her face, happy that he was going because he's no longer a threat. But at the same time, I think she still has an emotional connection because she did have his child inside of her. That's so right. So we saw them exchange eye contact from hundreds of miles away in the arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, how it are you guys making like eye contact? You guys are so far apart, but they always show that moment. And Alithia was right next to her, telling her she would bear the moment with her. And she was putting her hand on her, like, very she, see, friendly. She did kind of, I think that Alithia did feel the same thing that I saw in, in um, Lucretia. Because she definitely was experiencing something at that moment. As happy as she was to see him go, she was also sad to see him go as well. That's right. Really crazy stuff. And again, uh, the, the the cinematographers and the, the phantom camera comes into play and it, it just shows such great imagery in the battle sequences. Those thousand frames per second really demonstrates like how well this show is set apart from all other like period pieces and with the battle sequences and such. And Well, not even that. The graphicness and the goriness that they, that they oftentimes show us. Because we're sitting in there with uh, one of our good friends, Lauren Turner, watching the show and we hear her cringe every time the sword is you know struck and blood gushes and she's like how are you guys watching this and we're like we love it yes let him have it so some people can't take it which is also what uh Ganagus has said too his actual um real self has said that he that it's hard for him to make these scenes sometimes because it's so gory and graphic which that's, of course is special right. effects uh, dustin claire right right the actor so yeah actually um i think uh, you sh- you showed me that article and what he also said that uh, even though it's like this prop head that's on there, he still thinks it's gory and disgusting. Yeah, because you have to actually, as an actor, get into that moment and really make it real and believe it in that moment. So, you know, they probably have nightmares after taping this show. I would love to have one of them come in so that we can ask them how they do it. Because <laughs> uh, it's so gory. Or even if they could call us, you know, our number is 424-256-1729. Guys, anybody, cast members on the show, Liam McIntyre, <laughs> Nick E. Tarabay. call us. Dustin Clay. Uh, Viva Bianca, anybody, please give us a call. <laughs> or you can tweet at us even. Hey, I'm like following some of you guys on Twitter at the Sean Overman. That's my at sign. <laughs> Shout out to Sean's Twitter. You guys can follow me back at spicy underscore Mati. But let's get into some news and gossip, what's going on behind the scenes with these folks. Because one thing that you mentioned earlier was, um, you know, like the the way that it relates to their characters versus you know them behind the scenes and they do a good job physically of getting into character because they're always training and then mentally as well so lucy lawless yes she's just as rebellious as she is in the actual xena warrior princess role that she used to play she's still playing that role she's pretty crazy she she does that uh, on spartacus and she does it in real life too what what did she do just recently well there was an oil drill and she in new zealand and she goes and protests and she's like sending tweets out like she's trying to stop these oil rigs and i'm pretty i mean i'm i'm proud of her standing up for her rights and that's something that we've seen her do so she's not just an activist on the show that she plays but in her characters but she's also an activist in real life 
Yeah, she wants to. She was doing some uh, hashtag thing on her shirt. I saw on the article, and she she was really she was dressed all out in like the orange jumpsuit with that black shirt underneath. She had a helmet she on there. She was taking this seriously. She was, and she had that. I don't even remember what the hashtag was. It was something kind of long, like "Stop the Arctic Drilling," something like that, right like, near the Arctic circles or whatever. So, crazy stuff, man. Well, as an activist, she does have still a sensitive side as well because she has a daughter. Yeah, that's right. And her daughter uh, works on the set with her sometimes. Uh, and actually, in an article that I read, uh, it, it was, I, I don't remember exactly when the article was published, but it was actually her daughter works on the set. She's probably Which, over 18. I don't know how she does that. <laughs> and actually, I don't think I could see my mom. No, I would, I would not be able to. You know, just thinking about my mom. Oh, gosh. I do not want to bring up any, any kind of imagery regarding my mom having sex scenes Lucy in some Ballas kind of. does about a sex scene or gets nude every single episode. And even last episode, um, who did she sleep with? Albinius. Albinius. And so, and with she, that old man. Yes. <laughs> and so, and, but she really gets into. I mean, she is a phenomenal actress. But at the same time, I mean, she is her face expressions, her body language. I, I mean, I, it looks as if she's really doing it. So to be her child and seeing the way that you were created, that has to be a hard, yeah. a hard thing to witness. Because she actually says that her daughter um, either turns her back when it's happening or leaves the set. So now, she doesn't have to Is that her daughter's choice or Lucy Lawless choice? I don't know. That's a good question. Because her daughter may not want to see it, but Lucy might be kind of, you know, ashamed yeah. to like, oh, I really yeah. want my daughter to see this. Yeah. Or come on, girl. You know, I do this all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please do not. I'm just playing. If Lucy Lawless was my mother, please don't invite me, mom. That's do a hot not, mom. I'm do sorry. not let me see your tatas on screen. What do they call hot moms? MILFs? Yes. That's yeah. Right. That's definitely Milfs. what Lucy Lawless oh, she is. is. I agree. Wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. So. Other gossip, uh, Peter Mensa. This just just came out. And I, I think, love last Peter. Week. He is awesome as Animaeus. He is to join the cast of True Blood starting this summer, which is one of my other favorite shows. Yeah. What is his character going to be on True Blood? His character's name is going to be Keyboy, and he's going to be an African-born vampire. Nice. Who's going to be one of the? Uh, I guess I don't know how to put it. One of the top because I don't really watch True Blood. Sadly, I need to do a marathon no, you with to you. Get into it. Yes. So you, me, and Lauren Turner, we got to get in and do some kind of uh, some kind of marathon so we can watch True Blood. I can catch up and maybe we can talk about the show or something. Yes, well, you have a few seasons to catch up on if you do. But we're definitely going to have to support him because if he's moving over to True Blood, I mean, that's a great show. So hopefully that doesn't mean that he's leaving us on Spartacus, though. No, I don't think so. Gonna, the season, I'm sure he's making it till the end of the season. I can't imagine oh, yeah. them killing him off. No, I don't even think that he's... I think he's going to be around until the whole series of Spartacus ends. I mean, he's a, he's a very crucial character on the show. But one thing that's phenomenal about Spartacus is that no one is uh unsusceptible to becoming written off the show no or dying safe. yeah they every single person i mean you better watch your back because when they get that phone call from the director saying we're sorry i mean that means goodbye to you know and goodbye for us because we get really sad i get attached to these main characters and so i would i would really be hurt if they let go of animaeus that's right and, and killed them off and you know a character i got really hurt by leaving in the first season was Varro, Spartacus's <laughs> right-hand man. That was very sad. And uh, a.k.a. Courtney Jai, or I, I keep saying it backwards, Jai Courtney, could be Jay Courtney, I'm not sure, with the spelling and such, and those New Zealander names or Australians, you know, they have, they have some funky names that we're not used to, so Jai Courtney. Oh, I imagine you called it funky. <laughs> I would, just because we can't say it yeah. doesn't make it funky. I would say more exotic. It is exotic. Okay, well, it's funky to me, and there we go. They so, would say the same thing about our, ours, course. probably. They would say Spicy Money and Sean is probably funky. Yeah, they would say, what kind of name is Maricela? <laughs> right, definitely. So, but anyway, back to Jai Courtney, um, a.k.a. Varro. Um, he is actually big big in the news the last couple of days. He actually just, I was reading uh, this one website, Femophilia, mm-hmm. good website that I follow with my blog on WordPress, and uh, he actually is going to play John McClane's strange son on Die Hard. Isn't the, that so cool? The new Die Hard movie coming out, uh, probably 2013, which is insane. Good for him. Yes. And that's that's a big role, man. The Die huge. Hard series is huge, you know? And not that Spartacus isn't big, because we love Spartacus, and we got big billboards well, everywhere. Spartacus- a lot of people's careers. I mean, it makes you, it's a phenomenal show and it has so many viewers now. It kind of puts you on the map. Once you've done Spartacus, it's like, hey, you've made it. I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with you. So he's going to be in the new Die Hard movie as Jack or uh, the, uh, John McClane Jr., probably Jack. I think that's the name of the character. And the new title of the movie uh, so far has been called A Good Day to Die Hard. 
as opposed to a good day to die hard. Exactly. That's dope. I like, I like that. It. I like that. I like it. And that's kind of like that's like a reference to uh, warriorness and like you know the people always say, oh, it's a good day to die. You know what? I'm sure that the Spartacus cast has said that at dying some point. Dying with honor. Dying with honor. You know, and that's an allusion to that. So good stuff, man. So this shouldn't be too hard of like a character role for him to get into. No, I don't think so. But I wonder if he's going to have because he's an estranged son and we know he's got an accent. How is he going to do with the American accent or is he going to have one? Is he going to have a British accent of some kind? Well, if he's dedicated, like some of the actors that have been nominated for an award um, for the Oscars, like in the uh, gr- uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, that's right. <laughs> Rooney Mara, shout out because we just covered that today. Um, she had to train for six months with her American accent in order to get a Swedish accent. Oh my god! So if he has that kind of dedication, like Rooney Mara, hey, he'll get that accent on. Yeah, I, I hope so. So um, we will see that movie take place in Russia. That'll be really interesting. And uh, after I actually read that posting about uh, Jai Courtney, uh, it's so weird because I was reading this, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before, probably Thursday morning. So I was reading this on that posting and then I look over to my Twitter to, to look at more juicy gossip about Spartacus <laughs> and it's so insane. Um, it, it was posted a minute after I started looking at uh, uh, was it after? No, before I started looking at um, so Stephen. Instantly posted. Yeah, it was like instantly posted. Not the article, but Stephen Estin Knight, the writer, the creator of the show. He actually put down congratulations to Jai Courtney for landing his big oh, role. We are support. so yeah, we are so proud of him. He must have read the article I read. He Seriously. had to have. That had to have been it. It was like right then, or he man. helped him get the role. It was no, like, or, <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe he did. You know, it spread. A little pushy push is what I know. Yeah, it's just like it just uh, spread across the internet like a virus. Well, I love that. I love when when you can be proud of somebody for their accomplishments and then help support them into the next level because this is a transition. He's going from Spartacus TV show to now a major role in a film. That's right. And uh, so, still talking about Jai Courtney in Spartacus. So let's hear about how he actually ended up in Spartacus. So he started off as a character called uh alex in a 2005 short film um called the boys grammar he was in i haven't heard of that one yes is uh well i haven't heard of it either because it's (laughs) it's an australian tv that could be it that could be it yeah so uh other things he was in an australian uh tv series all saints and packed to the rafters in 2008 to 2009 and then he moved on to spartacus where i love him as far first like major project then uh, Spartacus? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Man. I mean, that's... For, for, that it's recognizable over here in America. Oh, yeah. Because, what... because I'm sure in Austria they recognize his work. But for us, Spartacus is where it started for us in our, you know, in our brains. Of course, yeah, because, well, Stars is a big name channel and they're, they're broadcasting everywhere. And Spartacus has millions of people following it now. So, you know, it's good stuff. So he got, uh, he went through 10 episodes. He was killed in party favors, sadly. But he came <laughs> back in old wounds when he was a ghost. Do you remember that? Where yeah, he was kind of in the imagery in Spartacus's hallucinations. Right. So, I remember that. Yeah, that was good stuff. And and now, of course, he's getting a big-time role um, in that Bruce Willis movie coming out uh, next year. Well, congratulations to him since, you know, if the director can tweet out, hey, we can tweet out too. Congratulations. Yes. Bingo. <laughs> so We're going to do we'll that tweeting, later we'll on. We'll be tweeting that next. Oh, That'll okay. So there we cute. go. Oh. There we go. There's uh, Jai Courtney. <sighs> and his. It's a, he's a good-looking guy, too, And man. I was wondering how long they were going to keep doing that, making him haunt, you know, Spartacus. And Spartacus still dealing with it. Because they addressed it last episode, too. Who threw it in his face that he um, killed that he killed him. Last episode, somebody threw it in his face that he killed him. Um, I'm not sure who it was. Uh, it may have been Agron, maybe? Or Possibly. you mean the last episode? I think it was the last episode. Or was somebody it reminded Spartacus that he had killed his brother. The very last episode. Hmm. It may have been Agron. In that case, I'm not really too sure. When they were kind of bumping heads. Okay. Yeah, it could have been I'm going to go back and watch it just to to see. Because they're still kind of carrying his legacy on. Yeah, but for sure it was um, his his wife, the character, uh, in the show. But right before before she died, (laughs) she was like, oh, Spartacus, you know, you do so you have bad luck wherever you go. I don't want you to be near my son too. kill him off. Right. So that was bad stuff. Yeah, I wonder. Anyway. I wonder where she wound up going off to. He has such she, a baby face, don't you think? He does. It's almost, it's like kind of perfect. It was perfect, and that's that's why he was such a good contrast to Spartacus. Yes, but at the same Spartacus time, has a very rough face. Yeah, exactly, and it's such very stern, and such a brother at the same time because he is so friendly. Just the way he looks, 
And I mean, I wish I was as fit as this guy. But that's Jeez. why they, him and Spartacus were able to have a relationship because he was, you know, very um, brotherly and Spartacus is kind of withdrawn. And so they were able to form a bond instantly. That's right. And of course, um, with him, I hope they make more references to him coming up. And uh, they may, I hope they have more hallucinations or dreams oh, of so Varro's character. Yeah, oh, he's on Die Hard. He's not worried about us. <laughs> uh, no, no, come on. Bring him back. Bring him back, guys. Writers over but, there. It's part of this. Bring but him back. speaking of people that they brought back, Gainagus. Yes. And so, and you had been waiting for him, and finally we got to see him. They teased us a little bit last episode, but this time they brought it back, and we get to see him in the arena with Animaeus. And so he actually, um, in an interview, was saying how hard it was for him to train with Animaeus because Animaeus is so much bigger than him. And so he looks so little compared to him, but that he has to train hard, and that even before when they were getting casted for the roles, how he felt this doctory essence from Animaeus previously to having done the show that he kind of like and that he understood why he was casted and that he loves working with him that's right with and peter yeah peter Mensa, a true a true teacher you know just like the doctory character and uh, you know obviously we talked about him before and he had he's been training in martial arts for probably decades you know and uh, and there he I goes mean, but he looks he like it on this episode yeah. Animaeus walked out and he was cut up he was ripped of course he's a giant so he's towering over everybody but you can really see in these fight scenes that they have trained because what because you kind of you've seen a movie where there's fighting involved and you've seen shows where there's fighting involved and you kind of know when it's you know um stunt doubles or when it's people who really haven't worked that hard on the scene and it Mm -hmm. kind of looks cheesy spartacus gives it to you as if we're like watching raw in the arena ourselves yeah it's and, very intricate and detailed. And I can't even tell when they're stunt doubles. Can you? I've never I've seen... I've never, not once, noticed when it was a stunt double. Mm-mm. Not one time. Mm-mm. Thank goodness for that, because it, you know, it would ruin the illusion of the show of right. us actually being in the arena I wouldn't with be these surprised. guys. We have to find out. I wouldn't be surprised if they do majority of their stunts, because they train so hard in the... Um, like. Dustin does um, boot camp for a month and then he's training in the martial arts and then he's training as a gladiator and he's doing it and preparing for his role to come back on the show. He was saying that um, during the hiatus while he was off, he's still in train mode. Like he's still making sure that he watches what he eats and that he's still working out. And so I think that's something that they all have to do in order to prepare for the role because you gain 10 pounds. We're going to notice. Absolutely. Of course, we're going to notice. They can't cover it up with all. Did you see how ripped Asher's getting? Oh, yeah. He's really Doesn't he look fabulous? Yeah, yeah, he's a good. I mean, because Asher dude, was kind of shabby. He has a great-looking body, man. I actually, I want to see him fighting more in the arena. Of course, he's probably not going to do it. Well, Lucretia saves him, yeah. which we failed to mention that she hands him a key so that he can what possibly escape. That's what we were thinking. We didn't really get to see that. Yes, what he was doing with that key, but she definitely offered him his life and said that she wasn't going to allow him to fight in the arena. Yeah, she wants to gain Clobber's favor again so that she can say, hey, Asher's worth something. The gods say it. Therefore, you know, we have to support him. We have to have him out of chains. But did she put did she put uh, Asher up to going and telling Glabber? Was that her oh, yes. doing? Yes, that was exactly what she was doing because she went in there and that was the whole reason why that was, that happened before she offered the key to him. That she said, oh, we have those red vials. And Asher said, I know of these. Many slave girls use them. Right. And that's And actually, that was something that I, I talked I about. I she was like, alluding to making him start her pregnancy earlier. I didn't know that she was trying to help him oh, no, she wanted to, tell Glaber what was going on. She wanted to stay the pregnancy to keep it in her. Even though she, you know, she obviously she said it to Alithia. Mm-hmm. And then she told Asher... To give it to to give Glober the information, like oh, she's trying to take this little thing that's going to give her an abortion. Got it. For those of you at home who don't always understand the Spartacus dialogue or lingo, like me, Sean is a great person to have sitting right by your side because I'm constantly turning to him and saying, "Okay, like, tell me exactly what that just meant. <laughs> Break it down for me because that went over my head. It's a it's a completely another it's another dialect. That's right. So. Um those quotes that we were talking about, we yes, have quite a few of them. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This episode was was fully loaded with some um, amazing ones that I did understand. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of my favorite ones that I thought was very spicy uh, was that I find myself lights of coin. And the reason that this can be spicy is because the same person who said it also had coins later on with his whore, um, Gannicus. Oh, Gannicus. That's <laughs> but, right. I have a quote from that scene, too. Oh, I liked it that, also. What's the quote? Uh, he wanted to get wine. And the memory of your thighs to race against the coming day. 
That was oh that, that was is pretty spicy. That's right. That's and, nice and racy. And uh, I oh and before that actually but that was in the whorehouse and actually before that when he was telling the man I want some coin he said I aim for wine and the embrace of questionable women. I love it. It's very spicy. Yes, over the top actually. Yes, I but, enjoyed but it. But you know what I was noticing while I'm watching the show is how cold they are. How each character, not the gladiators, but the actual, uh, what would they be, politicians or people? The senators. The senators and stuff, yeah. The noble people of Rome. The, yeah, pretty much the Romans in power. Um, how cold-hearted they are, and was it really like that back then? I mean, I know that the writers do the research, and they try to make it as real to life as possible, but these people did not care when they were sending you to their death. And they, and they said, see them delivered to the arena and prepared for their death. I mean... Glauber just says this and just spits it out as if it's nothing to him. Of course not. And I just feel like that's, it's just so heartless. The, the, the humans are disposable to them as, I mean, it's, 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 they love water more than they care about human life. They, those aren't humans to them. They're common slaves. <sighs> Good point. <laughs> it's awful. But of it, just, it breaks my little heart because they're so heartless. I yeah. mean, every single one of them. And Glauber, he mentioned a, a pretty good quote that I liked. And, Colorful and at the same time covers up that he's dehumanizing them and killing them. The man shall be put to grass soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, the the in- inhumanity that goes on. That's right. But um, he has made unfortunate discovery with my bed chambers, and then Lucretia responds, "Unfortunate indeed." Juicy because is she saying in her bed chambers as far as what the relationship is going on with her and um. Uh, Albinius. Al- no, not Albinius. Oh, Glauber? No, um, her... Verinius. Ver- oh, yeah, <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Uh, brain fart. But, or is she referring to the poison that he found? Because it could be, she could have been referring, it could have been referring to both. But I think in this moment, it was supposed to be multi-use of what she was saying about oh, yeah. chambers. That's right. Uh, double whammy right yeah, there. Yeah, kind of talking quote. about the poison, but kind of talking about her relationship with Verinius. One which last... Which was pretty hot and heavy. Oh, yeah. Very. And uh, we got another couple. Of, I got probably two quotes here. Let's see. Uh, this one. Turn down your sets, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want your children to hear these words. Oh, okay. Okay, okay so <laughs> this is from Lu- Lucius, that new Roman old guy that came up. And uh, the whole time when he sees Spartacus there, he says, he says to himself, oh, man, uh, the gods are fucking me, pretty much, right? Right. And then he says later on, after he learns he's Spartacus... I mistake fucking for blessing. <laughs> I love that because he was so he was so ready to kill Spartacus. And then the moment he found out, he's like, oh, it's Spartacus. It's all love. Everybody always starts off like that, ready to ready to fight and ready to battle. But then you find out it's Spartacus and he's the man. So it was a blessing. Of course. Yeah. But no, but that was definitely that was definitely a, a hardcore line right there. Last quote I got. I know what it holds and the attempt it carries, or is it the intent it carries? That's from Glauber's mouth oh. when he referred to finding that red vial of abortion juice. The I think it said intent that it carries. Yeah, it's probably intent. Intent sounds better. That was a pretty tough scene. I thought that he was going to either put his hands around uh, Alithia's neck or possibly throw her over the railing of the arena. I thought he was going to install like physical harm on her, oh my but instead gosh. he did it to her father. Yes, he did. He took it out on her father. I cannot believe he did that. That was insanity. Of course he has him. And then blamed it on Spartacus. Yeah, of course he's going to do that because no one's around to see him. And of course Spartacus burns down the whole damn arena. his power was in threat. And so, you know, I mean, but I want to know, and I don't know if anybody at home knows, but but now that uh, Albinius is dead... Does Glaber rise to power or position of where he was? Is he going to be above Praetor, pretty right. much? I would, I would love to know that. We might have to do our research. Maybe we can look I it up online. that is a great question. Let's find out the answer soon, but let's do a commercial. commercial. Thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. Just what commercial th- time. Just what I'm thinking. After Buzz TV. Hi. I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series. 
with over 60 different aftershows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. And we are back. So uh, the last quote that I had, because I did want to definitely finish uh, with the quotes, was that uh, she was my or you are my brother and she was my wife and I felt like that was very intense I'm saying it right because I'm oh she was my wife and you are my brother and this was Animaeus saying this to Gannicus that's right and right before they started fighting but that that right there was an intense moment because I felt like there is a real bond and love that was introduced to us last season that was captured and I felt like very warm and very heartfelt and now to see them battle against each other is 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 a very tough thing and Onimaeus's wife said that that's what she fears most of all was seeing them have to fight each other and then that's exactly what happened. Yep. And uh, of course, thankfully everybody got saved. We had a happy ending yes, kind of. It was a nice pretty bow on it at the end. <laughs> and it was a great fight scene. The whole arena battle royale between all the gladiators, the Roman soldiers, Spartacus and his rebels who infiltrated the place which was pretty much just Agron. Well, you know it couldn't have been done without one of the hottest chicks on the show, Mira. Oh yeah. You know what? Katrina I... Law puts it down every single time. That's right. And she is she is a very important chess piece in this game. She has become a pivotal piece. And and that's partly because I think that they are trying to create this female Spartacus and she is trying to gain his favor, which we didn't really see any intimacy or affection between Not them, this time. but we did get to see Spartacus save her from a Roman that we weren't kind of sure if she was going to have to fight her or fight him herself, but Spartacus just winds up sliding, you know, slicing his throat and it was a done deal. Story of, over. Of course. And uh, it, But you, I think that's how they show each other love. I'm going to start a fire for you. You're going to slice someone's neck for me. Yeah, and she <laughs> she's playing a very important role. She's like leading the rebels when she Spartacus is. is not around, which she definitely is, is pretty insane. And man. it's uncommon for women, especially when you're dealing with other fighters, because she's leading other gladiators. I mean, as as a woman, that's a pretty tough role, and you know she works out just as hard as the other gladiators on the show. But now, even more so now that she's called into duty. And of course, we see a glimpse of Navia, but not so much. She still hasn't done anything for me except for heal wounds. That's right. And you know, I'm su- I'm sure as soon as Spar- uh, excuse me, Crixus gets back into action, and man, he got messed up this time. Uh, but as soon as he gets back, he's probably going to be with Navia, and they're going to have a good. You know, she's going to have a lot more dialogue and conversing going on. Yeah, they're still kind of reintroducing her character back to us. That's right. So hopefully we'll see more of her. So hopefully Crixus regains his strength. And speaking of strength, let's go ahead and give you guys at home some more tips on how to look like a gladiator like the Spartacus cast. (laughs) So this, um, I call this after, um, it's called the Step Up. This is uh, an exercise that I was reviewing for the the videos for Spartacus Vengeance Men's Health Workout. Oh, okay. And this was, uh, this is uh, on my blog. Um, It sounds like it's something like staircases, like staircase or like stepping like squats what is this getting close getting close See, so this is have an after buzz prediction here. get yourself a 40 <laughs> at least a 45 pound weight for the men you know uh, women can get a little bit lighter i'm sure um but they actually get a 22 kilogram weight and they put that on their back and it's actually a bag 22 kilogram bag so they put that on the bag in the video um it actually shows uh agron's character Excuse me, Agron's actor. <laughs> <laughs> it shows Agron's actor. We need to get that guy's name. I know what name. you're talking about. Spartacus yes. knew what you were talking about. So uh, he actually puts that on his back, and he gets up on uh, you know those things that they use for aerobics. Those like one little platform thing. Where, oh like, yeah. Where you the step stair. up. Yeah. It's like a little staircase. Yeah, it's like a staircase, pretty much. So um, they get up on that. They just do one step up, and they step up with the other foot, and then they go down on the other side. Because didn't I just comment? Their thighs and calves are so ripped. I mean, they look like huge ham hocks like just but it's all muscle yeah and it's not just um and it's not just like the typical bodybuilder where it's like oh they're all huge up top and then their legs are puny no everywhere and they're lean you're right and these are these guys have it the total workout and they get everything done so that they look great when they're in the buff pretty much which they are all the time. And they are. So you get that 45-pound weight. You can you can hold it. Like, obviously, the gym I work out at doesn't have a 45-pound bag that I can put on my back. So what I do um, is I, I, I improvise 
uh, and I go ahead and just grab like a 55 pound weight and I hold it with oh, my okay. arms while I step up on the platform and I actually go a little bit higher than the cast of Spartacus does. I use a bench oh, and then I step down. Me. And you know, I'm sure they do more sets than I do. Oh, so, yeah. So, of course, they're well, doing more. Look at more. their bodies. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they work out like, for four they hours. They, they work out as in that Gannicus article, he mentioned that they work out from 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. That's a long workout. That's insane. And then what they're eating, too. I mean, they're, they're, they really are on a strict diet. And so, of course, you can't help but to get ripped when, you, when you're that disciplined. That's right. Train more and eat less. That's what Andy Whitfield said. Uh, I'm going to have to follow. I'm really going to start doing, and I like that step, that step um, suggestion that you had. Because yeah. that definitely gets the legs ripped. And we always see the cuts on all of their thighs. That's right. And so this is a part of the Spartacus circuit that the cast does. And um, another one is the reverse squat. I actually saw um, Katrina Law. Um, Mira's actress. I love Katrina. She was doing a reverse squat in the video. And uh, what you pretty much do with the reverse squat is as, well, not squat. Is it squat? Yeah, I think well, it's squat. Well, squat is when you're kind of dipping down in a chair seat. What's it called where you where you actually step? Oh, it's a lunge. That's it. Oh, okay. Reverse lunge. Okay, so with the lunges, normally you step forward and you're holding some right. weights. And it's just with one foot that you step forward pretty much. And then you like dip down a little bit, like halfway down or maybe even until your knee touches the ground, whatever. Okay, but this one, you actually grab a medicine ball. Whatever weight is your preference, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you go ahead and step backwards instead. So you take a lunge step backwards and whatever the opposite side is, whatever um, you do, the turn on the opposite leg. Pretty oh, much. OK. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a reverse reverse lunge. Yeah. And especially but she has the ball in her hand and that's probably getting her abs at the same time. I mean, because you oh, can yeah. see she has really, really chiseled her body mm-hmm. from, from last season. She was always a beautiful girl, but now we see her ripped. Her shoulders are getting broader. Her waist is getting more small. Her arms are crazy buff, and her legs are really covered. And well, she has a perfect butt, too. She looks great. I think, you know, it's not too buff, which is good. I love the way she looks. Uh, I actually saw her in an IGN uh, magazine, uh, some pictures recently online, and she still looks sexy. She, you know, she so doesn't... Even, even when the episodes are done taping, she's still getting her workout on. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not not sure if this was from before this season or uh, or during but it she looked great she looked very attractive as she should if you're going to be spartacus's right hand woman of course you know he only he from what we've seen he only has beautiful women by his side oh yeah I'll, of course all the rebels get the beautiful women <laughs> <laughs> and so do the romans they have those orgies and they have such a good time in their place <laughs> <laughs> right and there was definitely those moments in the scene when they took us back to the brothel and we got to see of course this whorehouse and they're just going at it and I'm, I'm wondering too is how you audition these extras in order to get on this set because you know you may not have a pivotal role but in the background we see you making love to somebody or getting your freak on and so how do you audition someone for that like do you tell them come in lay down i want to see how you look on top of someone I guess so. They they say, let's, okay, we're doing an MOS, you know, like going there without, you know, uh, motion without sound, I guess, pretty much, that they have the camera roll through there and they just have them do the motions. Oh, that looks good. Let's go ahead and keep that in. Well, imagine the retakes on that. Like, no, I didn't like the way she was writing him. Redo that. <laughs> yeah. yeah I've, I, it's happened before. I've, I, you know, I've seen it happen. So. Uh, well, this was definitely an impacted episode with lots of fighting. Of course, not so much sex as usual, but they gave us just enough for us to be satisfied and lots of blood. Yes, lots of blood this time. Lots of blood, lots of gore. And what do we see again? Vengeance. Vengeance. That's Everybody right. Everybody had an opportunity to seek theirs. Yes, and uh, we, we saw Spartacus throw a spear up into the pulpit. And he winds up killing him. Um, what was Casutius. His? Casutius, yes. That one. Who, who we're happy that he's dead yes. because he's just a sly little, sneaky little weasel. He's a scoundrel. He's beneath Asher. That's how bad of a scoundrel this Roman senator was or nobleman. But we know Asher more. Like, we have a relationship with Asher. So I think that all of us, especially you, because you kind of love Asher in a weird, creepy way, <laughs> would be sad if something happened to him. But I think something's going to happen to him. He's going to get his. He has to. He has to. Of course he's going to. I don't think until the end of the season or maybe even the whole series is Asher going to die. There's no way. I don't want them to kill him off this season. No way. Well, you know who has to die next? Who? Glabber. Oh, Glabber, like, you think he's going to so, die next? Because Alithia is not going to allow herself to stay married to him and have to ha- have his baby. And if you have, Lucretia is going to do something to either win her favor, win Alithia's favor, and they're going to probably, I don't know, ploy against it. Like, they're going to do something to where they have to get rid of Glabber. But this could be an afterbuzz prediction. 
Hint, hint. <laughs> and now, you're after Buzz TV. You, you know what I miss? I remember there was this one episode that we did together, and you were like, humana, 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 humana. I was thinking about oh, that before. Ball. Yeah, that was really funny. You need to do that more often. Okay, the humana, humana, humana. <laughs> Good stuff. Very entertaining. So what would your... Uh, you're always right on the money, so I give you the floor. What is your After Buzz prediction? Because whatever your prediction is, I'm going to say that too, so I could be right. Okay. <laughs> so let's see. Globber, he's obviously in charge now. I don't think he's going away this season. And that's because, dude, he's the main antagonist now. There's nobody above him. But they haven't shown us that much evilness of him until now. Now, once you show, okay, you're capable of killing an innocent person that is your wife's father, okay, you're evil. It's, you're, it's official. You know what? You're right. This is the first time we have seen Clobber be... Yeah, he usually just sends his soldiers to do the dirty work. Yeah, and he's usually very strict and very militaristic. Right. But here... He was very vicious. He was like Alithia and Lucretia. He was just as bad as them. you're right. Your prediction is right. You're absolutely right. Because you said that they needed to develop his character more anyways. So now is the golden opportunity for us to get to know who this Glaber really is. We're going to see him uh, probably... Talk more about the baby. Maybe we're going to see we it come see to the term. Baby get bro- yeah, we that might would see be it get born. In- that would be interesting <gasps> if it happened My this season. My after prediction. Ooh, that is a good one. Okay. That prediction that you said on top of the baby is going to be born, but guess who's going to claim it as their own? Verenus? No, Lucretia. Lucretia. She lost her baby. She wants Ooh. a baby. That's why she wants the baby born. I don't think for any other reason other than to take it as her own. That's a really spicy I prediction. I think that she's going to take Alithia's baby. And then try to kill Alithia. Very good. And then try to take Glaber and marry him. So Glaber's not going to die after all. Yes. <laughs> that would be really crazy if that stuff happened. And okay, so that's the wrap-up of our show. Because the music go. is starting. But I also want to just say that I think that uh, Animaeus and uh, Ganagus are going to make up as well. And so... Shout out to the After Buzz always for showing us mad love. We have Ronnie Jr. over there on the ones and twos. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you, Ronnie, for providing us with a great, fantabulous After Buzz recap on Spartacus, one of the best shows on earth. And we have in the building Sean Overman. Give out your Twitter and information so that we all can follow you. It's at the Sean Overman. And tweet at him so that you can get any workout tips, all of that great stuff. He also has a great blog that is. Yep, you can bing my blog. SeanOverman.org. Amazing. And mine is spicy underscore Madi. If you want to follow me, get some spicy tips. Also find out the scoop on what happened today at the gifting suites for the Oscars. I was there doing the girl with the dragon tattoo. I'll give you all the dirt. Um, <laughs> and until next time. Until next time. We'll talk to you later. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.